Listen, this is me, Mr. Man, and I don't know what the hell is going on, what my wife was thinking to invite two clowns into my house. I mean, for the, the comic wrestling podcast in my house. My house? Wise-ass Dave Williams? And, and silent but deadly Dave? Sitting right there on my couch? Can you believe it? Um, well, all right. Well, welcome to the Comic Wrestling Podcast. I'm Ace Williams. I'm Deadly Dave. And we're here to bring you something special, an interview that we've never done before. Uh, Dave, what are we going to call it? We're going to call it Beyond the Cast. Beyond the Cast. It's beyond what we do. And our first ever interview is, is well, you, you met him already, this guy, Mr. Man. Uh, Michael, thank you for coming on here and, and doing the podcast for us. My pleasure. I just wish, you know... Somebody had warned me that you were going to show up. I'm not ready. These two clowns knock on my door. My wife goes, oh, sure. He doesn't mind company. Bullshit. Here they are. That's how we do things. That's we exactly just, we just knock on doors. <laughs> Unexpected is the Handing way Handing out roll. flyers and converting people to Jehovah. That's what they do best. Exactly. And this guy gets it. Um, before we get right into our interview, we want to talk about what we did today. And we went to the Albany Comic Con. And we met... The Enforcer, Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson, double and I've A. I've worked with his nephew, the Reinforcer, many times. Is he related to him? That's I thought that. where the Reinforcer comes from, yes. Okay, well, you know, wrestling, sometimes people pull different gimmicks sure, from other sure. people. And, and I didn't even make the connection until I made that connection. Right, because, I mean, you got C.W. Anderson, who looks just like Arn Anderson, but no relation. Yeah. Right? So that and I met him at the last show. Yeah. Anderson, he was really nice. Yeah. I'm, a big, I'm a big Gotham fan. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, knowing yeah, he was yeah, in that, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. I didn't really, I mean, we always say we buy stuff at the conventions. I bought a couple things. Uh, the uh, laser disc of Batman Returns, which was awesome, from Liam the Kid. I forget what your... The laser disc? Yeah. You still have a player? No. Oh. No, he just I... liked the way it looked. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm a big Batman collector. Because like, they, 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 they skip. I, <laughs> I, I want to know what the laser disc player looks like. Is it a regular like record player? No, no, no. It was almost like a, a CD or a DVD player. Right. But a big ass drawer, which read from both sides. Oh, I think, no or shit. did you have to flip it? I do know hey, there's two sides, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, same thing as... Just an oversized CD player. Right, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. But I bought last time I went, I bought uh, Batman Forever, which I'm a huge fan of. That laser disc, it looks brand new, like no yeah. one's ever even touched it. This one, you know, it's got a little wear and tear on it. But I'm a collector, so I don't. Yeah, I don't if really you're not it. gonna play it, wear and tear it doesn't. And matter. the guy charged me nine dollars. Originally it was ten. I only had nine. Oh, so. I can guarantee you, originally that was probably. Um, you're talking just the era past buy me. VHS cassettes, yep. Yep. which new release movies, which of course now they're they're out, you know, six months later. Right there, it was years to wait for a like Top Gun to come out on on a cassette, and uh, those VHSs would run seventy, eighty, hundred yep. bucks. Wow. The WWF so videos were yep. expensive. So too. the discs oh, were plenty pricey. That's crazy. Yep. Wow. I'm showing my age. Shut up. You're I'm showing my age. I'm 38, so, you know, I'm... Oh, man. Uh, speaking of age, did you have anything? No, good. I'll go in. Okay, <laughs> yep, yep. All right, on that note, one of the things I like to talk about whenever I'm on any podcast, there are a lot of people that want to do what I do, or, or, or wrestle, or as you guys were involved in Ring Set Up, and now a podcast that you're uh, having great success with, yeah. is... Um, Boy, how do I? And oh, I'm too old. Um, 
I didn't step foot into a wrestling ring for training purposes until I was 48 years of age. So, folks, if you want it, find a way and go get it, is my point. There you go. So. I don't live for excuses, so I go, go get it, go do it. Absolutely. Much to my wife's dismay, she's uh, not a big fan, A, of wrestling, but B, she's like, make sure you can drive home. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, well, yeah, to talk about, we'll just go right to that, talk about your, your wrestling. Why? If it took you that long to get into it, were you a fan prior to that? Were you oh, a fan? I was, I was raised on it when, in my day. <laughs> Back in the day, <laughs> they used to just have a Sunday program, and it was all WWWF <laughs> on Sundays, probably in black and white. And that's the only one I saw. So even when WCW from the South had started to get popularity, I knew nothing about it because they didn't broadcast it up here. Very regionalized. But sure, I was a big fan. And then, uh, as time went on, I, this, is, this is a really interesting story. Down at, in Saratoga, they opened a brand new Ames store. And those who don't oh, know yeah. what Ames are, yeah. they're a super discount kind of store. We can all relate to that now on yeah. age. I don't feel so <laughs> young anymore. <laughs> so they were having Sergeant Slaughter there. Cool. As, you know, a meet and greet kind of thing. Now, I've been doing, at that point, only a few years into it, but... Um, I do a comedy hypnosis show. Right. Yep. This year actually marks my 30th year of wow. doing, uh, and I, I just did um, Johnstown's post-prom party, and that was their 30th year, uh, which really marks, I got to New York, I was in North Dakota, came to, back to New York, and like, boom, they hired me for this, and I've been there ever since, which was pretty cool. But anyway, so I meet him, and I hand him my postcard. I said, you know, I first of all, I enjoy all the work. That, you know the entertainment you've provided over the years because I get it mm -hmm. you know it's entertainment and I said and I know you guys get together as groups but I'd love to entertain you and here's my postcard and he goes oh thanks and I said or if you're in need of a, a unique wrestling manager and I just kind of turn and walk but then he says well how are you in front of a camera and I just said I'm great not thinking that I should say listen we'll talk after right. Right. so I blew that opportunity but I did get a hold of him via phone and uh, he said, let me pass your information along. So one day I come home from work, and on my answering machine is the following. Hi, Michael. This is Jim Cornette with the World Wrestling Federation. I'd like to see your videotape. And I'm literally running around the house going, no, 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 this is not happening. No, no. And guess what? It didn't happen. <laughs> I sent my videotape off, and I get a handwritten letter, which I've since lost. Um, from Jim Cornette saying the right. writers just couldn't see how to use a hypnotist when really I was just saying here's my entertainment value right um, but so so they were looking at the gimmick itself not the value not that the you value had right right I just wanted to see here's how I can work a crowd yeah, you know mm -hmm. and and I don't think it was ready then anyway um, <laughs> but you know because this it's all a learning process and fine-tuning anyway but so that went that was garbage and then uh, I had an opportunity up here at the Dome in Queensbury. Yeah. They were putting on shows. And uh, a certain promotion, I won't mention it, but I see one of the guys go in. My wife and I were actually riding a motorcycle at the time. And I, 
And again, she's not into wrestling, but I know they're having a wrestling event. So I just drive in. I says, honey, they're having a wrestling event here. <laughs> and I, I run into a guy walking in. I said, oh, they're having wrestling here tonight. He goes, yeah, I'm one of the wrestlers. And it was Lee Malone, if you know the name. And uh, I said, well, you know, I'm interested. I'd like to do GM or something like that. So he goes, oh, uh, well, stop by. I'll introduce you to the, the owner. So I paid my ticket. I went in and I meet. And... Um, it was Steve Duckett. Okay. All right. Okay. So he was running that show and he said, well, he knew me because he had hired me to do a post-prom party for Vermont school, but it was at the fun spot. So okay. he knew me yeah. from the hypnosis anyway. He goes, oh, he'd be great. We just need to send you to school to bomb, to bomb. learn. Right. Yep. So uh, I've been to a couple more shows there and then they folded. So there was two opportunities, like, not you, right, asshole. Not today. All right. So fast forward a few years later, and we're living in South Glens Falls. There's a construction guy that's there. They were working the bridge between South and, and North or Glens Falls. And he goes, well, my daughter does wrestling. Really? Well, Jenna Maya, and you probably don't know the name, but she was going pretty well. Anyway, I went with her, and um, i got to fast forward, back up a little bit. She introduces me to J.P. Black. Now you should oh, know yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I know J.P. Yeah. So yeah. I relied on my own postcards again, and I went, I know I'm older than you would expect somebody to come in here, but I've got 20 years of entertainment experience. And he goes, well, come on in. So started paying my dues, and, and uh, which was kind of anticlimactic because to me, that was no the ring. You know? Right. Yeah. So we did stretching and exercises, and he goes, "Get in the ring." Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted like you see this mat right here. This is where careers are made. Right. You know, <laughs> something grandiose. Like, get in the ring. So um, I started doing the bumps and whatnot, and getting really sore and all that good stuff. And th but through that training, I also learned a valuable lesson. Pay attention. <laughs> One day, of course, my wife, she says, uh, I said, do you think I'm crazy doing this? She goes, you're crazy all the time. This is nothing <laughs> new for you, right? Fair enough. At the time, 48 years old, going in and, and training for wrestling. And uh, she goes, no, no, it's not crazy enough for you. It's just so on one day, I bring her up there, and I introduce her to JP and the other right. trainees. And, and um, so now... JP's trying to teach the stomp. Well, the stomp isn't this. That don't look like shit, right? Right. It's this. <sighs> right. So anyways, he's got to go on and he goes, whoa, whoa, Mike, get down there. Now, him and Jenna had been arguing. So I don't know if she's legitimately pissed, but she's going, damn, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, take it easy, woman. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> but I'm a man. Yes, that doesn't hurt. Right. Fuck me. Uh, so, my puppy. So, uh, so later he goes, uh, Mike, get to the top rope. Listen, I'm 48. I'm fat. I'm four foot to my death towards the ring. Eight foot to my death behind the ring. You know, to the outside. I'm like holy shit. He goes, no, 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 use my bald head, balance yourself, I'm up there. Right. <laughs> so, but he had what they, 
affectionately called pussy pad. It's an 18 inch crash pad, right? Right. For gymnastics. <laughs> he goes, all I want you to do is jump out straight, land. I go, ah, boom, I did real, I mean, squared, right? I'm like, yay, I'm good at this, wonderful. So he says, get back up there, jump, but rotate, and land on your back. I do it the first time, I'm like, wow, I'm impressing myself even. <laughs> so then he, <laughs> he asked me to get back up there, and he goes, everyone gather around. Oh, boy. Yeah. Lee Malone says... Mike, it's not as bad as it looks, it's worse. And we've all done it, if you climb down and you don't do it, you'll never do it. Okay. You know, JP had kicked that okay. pad out of the oh, way. Man. And I said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it, perfect stuff, I didn't think to turn my head, so I oh. hit my nose a little bit. That wasn't bad. From here to here. This side of my body's a fucking king. <laughs> I was down for a couple minutes. I was like, it was brutal. A later, he goes, Mike, stand right here. Take a drop kick. I'm not a drop kick. I'm still green, green. Right. Just take it. Okay, so he has this kid, uh, Kyler Jones, he went by. And he was very, very good. Wrestled for a few years. Um, then he went off to college. But he comes up. Now, do you know what a T-bump is? T-bump? T-bump. If you're going to drop kick me, and if we do this at the same time, we have a chance of hitting each other's faces. Right. right? Okay. So the drop kick comes, boom, boom. Right, turn it on. T-bump. Yeah. Okay. Right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do that. Right. Drop this. I don't even know that. He comes up, bam, I go down. I can feel I'm numb. But I'm a man. <laughs> a Mr. Man. <laughs> so he goes, Jenna goes, You're bleeding. I had cut the outer side of the upper and the under inner side of the lower. I wasn't bleeding, bleeding, just it was bleeding. I'm like, okay. So, on the way home, my wife goes, remember when you asked me if I thought this was crazy? <laughs> she goes, yeah. <laughs> she goes, but the, you want to know what's really funny? Every time you were about to get your ass kicked, JP would look over and wink. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> the lesson here is don't bring your significant others to training. I did. Oh, full circle there. <laughs> you thought I got lost, didn't you? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, yeah, JP Black, he was at the first like indie show I ever went to. I don't even know what they call it, Adirondack Wrestling or something like that. It was at the fun spot. Um, oh, wow. There was before my time. For it sure. was bad. The ring fell apart during the oh, match. No. Uh, Petey Williams, Maple Leaf Muscle, right? Was that the yep. one was there? Sandman and Just Incredible were supposed to be. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. See how he got excited there for a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a chance to work with Sandman. It's, he's great. We've met him twice. He's yeah. always been oh, very yeah, pleasant. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's just a little guy. disappointed that they didn't have a six pack waiting for him. <laughs> no, because he does the gimmick, you know. Yep. And. Uh, but no, him and I worked together. I get to I got to use his kendo no, stick, cool. which was nice. Very, yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is awesome. Well, to keep it, I guess, in the wheelhouse of wrestling for right now, before we break away. Yep. What 
we've said on the podcast who've got who got us into wrestling. Mine is Macho Man. Mm-hmm. Yours is Hogan. Yep, definitely. Who Hogan. would be the guy or girl that wow. you know? You know, um, back in the day, there's quite a few. Of course, Bruno San Martino yeah. carried the title for so long. Uh, my, I have a Polish heritage, yeah. um, so my when my family watched it, of course. Ivan Putski, right? Yep. And the We've Polish hammer. Yeah, yes, did you really? Yeah. Uh, so those were influences. And of course, you know, watching the whole Attitude Era, I don't know yeah. who would be the one. I, I would dare say, managerially speaking, uh, probably Heenan has the biggest influence. That's uh, very obvious. Yeah, yeah, none of it's copycat. No. Mr. Man's Mr. Man, but you, you're going to see uh, Fuji had a cane, Blassie had a cane. There's a tribute to that. Um, the hat, I don't know where that came from. Uh, the jacket, uh, there was up here, Danger Dave. You know who I'm talking about? Big Guy Danger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. It was his idea to uh, glitter up the jacket. It was. Uh, it was my idea to put the Mr. Man on it, which is beneficial to a point because if the people hate me, they don't have to guess who was that. No, it's right there. Right. right. And, and some of these small shows, you can't hear the names sometimes when they announce right. them, so you yeah, have no yeah, idea yeah. who some of them are. One know, of the so. drawbacks is two speakers in a corner in a big hall. In a big hall. Exactly. And the Mr. Man character is so 80s slash a little bit early 90s of that over the top, but yet so believable. Like Bobby Heenan was like, God, man, you're dressing like in a long white tuxedo. How do I take you serious? And then when you see his emotion and the reactions and the way people reacted to him, it was like, this guy is more than just that flash in a pan. And, like, and you know what really worked for Heenan, too? Um, and I think there's a lot of that in what I do. Um, I'm not afraid to be the fool. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Uh, when he was in whichever WrestleMania it was, uh, and he's riding out backwards, confused on a camel. WrestleMania night. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, just, what the hell's going on? Didn't mind being the, get the weasel suit. Was yep. all his idea. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Let alone, just you know, selling it like he was pissed, right? Exactly. Uh, making a complete fool of himself. And, and one of the things that Heenan did that really blew my mind, he was in a match, 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 earlier stuff. And he was thrown into the corner. And he was trying to do an up and out kind of move. And he only got up to almost like you would rock the cradle leaving the cross, right. right? It didn't go, but there's action still in the ring. And he literally, you see him take this leg and kick down. So he flipped himself flipped out onto the... I was like, wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. that was impressive. Yeah, he was quite athletic. Yes, too, and just to... T- it didn't work, make it work. And yeah, a lot of stuff beautiful. he did that with an injured neck, too, before he actually got the surgery on it. So right, he was doing, right. taking a lot of bumps with a hurt neck. I'll tell you, his... his uh, his his cancer, mm-hmm. uh, watching his slow demise was was probably the most hurtful. Um, so anyway, there you are. There's probably my most influences. That and that that's good because it does really feel that way, and which is is kind of cool because they're. Great. I got to mention Jimmy Hart too because oh, yeah. he, you, I don't think I stand still much when I'm in the ring. No, I'm not all over the place. But he was that the bouncy bouncy here yeah. there there there. Uh, so it's like this conglomeration of probably all of them that I watched. Right. And Mr. Man, it was just, okay, here's the serious truth about Mr. Man. Mr. Man is legitimately an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Man is Michael 
the Michael that wants to be an asshole on a daily basis, but can't yell at his wife like that, and can't yell at his boss like that. So, audience and opponents, you get the heat. And you and I'm literally just letting well. it out. It's it's so therapeutic. I feel so much better. I think <laughs> I take anger management, and I think I need that because I felt all that right there. It's like Jesus. I need to. I need to it get is, an outlet like that so I can just yell at people without any repercussions. It, well. To a degree. Right. <laughs> and then New York kind of screwed that up because if, if you... Uh, once they legalized MMA, I'm figuring, okay, mm. back off of wrestling. Right? right. Because it's been known we're entertaining for a long yep, time. Yep, exactly. So, which is why it was not because of the Athletic Commission and Vince didn't want to keep paying for that stuff. So, um, but then as soon as they did the MMA, they made it so that... Now you had to have an ambulance and a doctor on board at the same time, or you can't have the show. But the part that really bothers me, and I don't have a problem with that, cost the guys money, of board, course, yeah. but what hurt me is, I will kick your ass, don't you, I can't threaten audience members, even though it's in, it's in I can say a lot of things now, but I can't like, wing back at it, yeah. The threat can can get me fined or terminated or which is crazy it because is. the audience to they me want that stuff. Are and, you and kidding you're, me? You're going there, and I know some of the audience is pretty ignorant to the concept of reality and what's being presented to them. But you should have some general idea that you're going there to be entertained. Like this isn't Brian Pillman pulling a gun out and going crossing that line, which you know I I find entertaining because it was holy crap I can't believe that happened but this is the wrestling world especially in the 21st century now where it's it's put out there that it is quote unquote fake and you can right, find right. any information you want on the business really at your fingertips if you really yes, want to you right. know what I mean but you know what listen I started entertainment at all at age nine doing magic now magic is deceiving and trickery as entertainment hey, right okay um, and, and so was this. Uh, where was I going with that? I don't know. I grew up in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be with you in a second, folks. Don't go. smoke your favorite word. Thanks. <laughs> it's just a joke, folks. My day job, I have a commercial driver's license that I must protect, so I'm straight-laced as hell. God, it's boring. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a high note. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Nobody writes my stuff. Thanks. Like I said before, who would want? To? Who would want to? <laughs> Nobody. I can't afford them. Um. All right. Well, we kind of got into the wrestling and, and got that. Is there is there anything you want? I wanted to talk about you being in the Navy a little bit. Oh wow. Wow. Because my grandfather was in the Navy. He actually was in World War II. He, he never saw combat, but he would repair the ships that came back that mm -hmm. were damaged. So I've always been fascinated with the Navy. Well, I was kind of shocked. I When I was in high school, I was a really bad student. <laughs> I joined the bookstore just so I could have a period of where I could wander the halls. <laughs> I mean, it was, I really wanted nothing to do with much of anything. Uh, bad grades, barely. Now, where did you grow up? Uh, in Selkirk. So I went to Ravina Queen and Selkirk. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, not that smart, so I think. But at this point now, I'm in North Dakota, and uh, 
life just wasn't working out as I'd hoped. So I went out chasing a radio job and I had it for a while. But anyway, so now I'm very underemployed and I don't want to come home to mom and pop. I just couldn't do it. So maybe was the option. Well, they have what's called the ASVAB test. Yep. Okay, it's yep. a general knowledge kind of thing. And I wouldn't say general knowledge. Uh, anyway, so I take the test and, okay, fine. Now, when it, that comes back, they literally said to me, what do you want to do? Anything mm -hmm. that I wanted to do, and I could have been a nuke, I could have been... Anyway, uh, since I had the radio background, I, um, I chose sonar technician. Oh, very cool. Nice. So, and submarines. Yeah? Submarines. They're another fine group of freaks, too, by the way. <laughs> uh, but like wrestling, a brotherhood, because it's, I mean, there's not that many that do it. Well, tighten it. One of the things about the wrestling, and, and why there's the greeting and the hugging and, and right. the, the, the admiration, at any given moment, somebody can screw you up. Mm -hmm. And if they want to screw you up, it just looks like wrestling. Right. So if you and I actually had a beef, I might really freaking hit you. They'll right. love it. And you're you're trying to trust somebody with your body, with your body, you. with your yep. life. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, but as it is with the submarine, uh, the submariners. Someone correct that and say submariners, which I think just sounds goofy. Um, <laughs> they have to do what's called a qual. Okay. They they have the dolphins, the pin they wear. There's a two-sided sheet that you go through, now I'm sonar, so I need to learn sonar and sonar and what's all the, all the valves that might be going through my compartments and all that stuff. But now I've got to go to engineering and learn all their emergency stuff. And I've got to go to the bridge and learn mm -hmm. all that emergency stuff. So if stuff. something goes wrong, you can... You're not, you're not a tin on a bull, right? Yeah, right? You can contribute to whatever is going on. Um, and it's about a year-long process to go through that. Then there's a board of three or four that uh, grill you on what knowledge you have. Then and only then will you get these pins. Like, for instance, they may throw at you, uh, okay, all of a sudden there's a kid living on board and want to build a sandbox for him. Where would you get the materials? Well, bet you didn't know there's wood here. Bet you didn't know. The shafts are filled with sand. Yeah. Who knew? But you learn right. these things. Yeah. And then you know. They, but when it comes to screwing with people too, they're they're experts at it. Uh, deliberately busting on you, but with a purpose. It's not just because their asses and you're the new guy. Um, if I'm gonna bust on your mother for wearing army boots while your dad was having sex with her, you might get pissed. And if you got pissed and really blew a fuse because I made a joke like that, right? what happens in an emergency? Right, are you reliable? Yep. So, you bust right back, you know, uh, and kind of comes natural to me, and you probably yeah. see it out <laughs> there. Uh, but yeah, so now I did six years of, this, uh, of the submarine force. Two of school, two of subs, two of a subtender, which is a really big ship that's capable to go out there and fix a submarine while, while out on the water. So, but yeah, it was an interesting thing, and I wish I had stayed in, in hindsight, I'd be retired and not having to go to work tomorrow morning, <laughs> uh, but, but there we are.
Well, thank you, first yeah, of all. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Appreciate um, that. I've seen a lot of military movies, you know, the Hunt for Red October, U-571, all Yeah, that's one of my favorites, U-571. Are any of those, like, pretty accurate? Have you, I mean, have you seen any? I, 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 I think I saw the U-571. Uh, I don't recall much of it. Uh, Hunt for Red October, of course, was one of yeah. the biggies. And there's certain truth to a lot of that. Um, but a lot of it might be embellished just for the entertainment regard. And probably, but yeah. like the knowledge of certain things, you couldn't know. Um, typically, in any kind of submarine movie, you're going to hear that. Right. Sounds nothing like that. It's more like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. That's not pleasing to no. Him. Right. No, it's, it's not yeah. good. Like stuff like clearing the baffles, which I actually still think of when I drive my car. Sometimes, if, uh, if I think there's somebody behind me and I can't see out the rear window, you just turn a little bit so you can see out the mirror. Right. It, clearing the baffles is you. You've got a submarine that's going, and of course you have some breaking through the water noise on the front. Mm -hmm. But you have the wake. Yeah. Right. So this whole area back here, you can't hear. It right. sounds like turbulent water. So what they'll do is deliberately turn the boat. Now I'm listening so you can this way, and then they'll turn the boat and then get back on course. And that's just to make sure no one's following in their wake. That's cool. So it's a, then that's mentioned in there, of course. But some of it's accurate, but it's submarines, which is maybe how you do it. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Right. right. So fantastical. Nothing real, but it's a submarine. It's a submarine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I just watched. It was the, the second Jurassic World movie. I don't know, a couple weeks ago with my daughter. And right in the beginning of that, you know, they show like a little small, like two-person pod submarine going underwater and stuff. And I always think like I'm not claustrophobic, but how would I handle being in a tight space in an uncontrollable environment? And but by that I mean like even if I broke free of what I'm trapped in, now I'm trapped in an even bigger. Yep. I, I don't know how I would fare with that personally myself. I don't. I think I'd probably panic. I really would. The only time I got claustrophobic panic, I mentioned I was on the tender for my last two years, so we would rerun wiring. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the submarines in dry dock. It was in dry dock, which means the whole thing's out of water. Yeah. You don't realize how big even the smallest ones are until these things are out of water. You're like, holy shit. <laughs> so, anyway, I would, even even as a fat ass I was then, be able to crawl through spaces that I shouldn't be able to. Because this moves, it's all good. Play down. Push the rest up, we're golden. Okay. <laughs> um, but one time I was wiring <laughs> through the... The, uh, the sail, the main, yep. you know, on top of the submarine. But the periscopes were removed, and they're round inside of round like a telescope. Like a telescope. But the, the other one is oval, and that's the outermost, most strong to take the current and all that stuff. That whole thing's removed, so I have these oval space that I just barely can get through going down. Now, about every three to four feet, and you want to call it angle iron, but, you know, it's... It's like this, right? So here's the oval that I could be in. Mm -hmm. But, so, it's not far enough for me to reach down. It's not far close enough where I can get my get foot up back up. And I was done, and I was literally like this. 
And my only option was... Just drop. Do I? Right. And, and, but I'm going to go... Right. Right. Danger, danger, danger. And I was there trying to think of what to do because I couldn't move. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? Then I got panicky. I was to the point of screaming out for help. Right. And I went... I just scraped the hell out of my arm, and that's what I needed to be able to do this. But oh, wow. oh it hurt. But, yeah. but I was the closest. Being underwater didn't bother me. Right. Um, nah. The, and the closest I ever got to seasick. And they do what's called angles and bangles. They'll deliberately go, okay, we're just doing. I'm going to do. Just so the wave you can feel in the ocean and all that. Um, well, it's part of the training process. Right, yeah. And the submarine has to be able to do these maneuvers. And then they'll go, uh, what's called an emergency blow. And they have what's called chicken switches. It's two things. And they throw those up, and it fills every tank with as much air as possible, as quickly as possible. And you're going very fast up at an angle. Now, literally, and there's videos on YouTube, you can see it. If this were the floor and the submarine, and, and okay, so that's the up part, they're literally standing. At an angle like this. Oh wow! Yeah, I've seen that, and before in movies, I have I've seen that because yeah. it's the the submarines tipped up like this. You're trying to stand, so you're like this. Yep. Wow. But it's incredible, and the, and that's really really dangerous maneuver. Being a sonar tech, I understand these things. There's different layers of temperature or water, mm-hmm. and sound acts differently through them. Okay. And the way the submarine knows where it's going, a sonar tech's paying attention. But now, you could break through one of those layers, and the sound from whatever was up there having never made it to where you were before you did the flow, and all of a sudden, you know, you're running into stuff, potentially. So it's always like, let's go, and please hope we don't. <laughs> yeah, so, and the only, all that never bothered me, except one time they did what's called rig for silent operation, rig for quiet. Which means if you're moving around at all, your shoes come off. If you don't have a job to do, you go lay down. Right. No noise. They turn the blowers off. We're underwater, but there's turbulent water way up. That's good. And the boat is just pitching about that much from our depth where we were. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been thrown around. That wasn't a big deal, but this slow, hot... <laughs> and that's the closest I ever came to the sea. It's an interesting world. Yeah, see, I've, I mean, I've been out in the ocean and stuff, deep sea fishing, so I know I don't get the seasick, but I think both, just the whole combination would just freak me the fuck out. A lot of people can't handle it. Yeah. I mean, I talked to my wife, and she said, nope, I would never ever go inland, even to look at it. Nope. So. I'd say I would do that. I mean, I would, pro- I would probably try to go, but baby steps, little baby steps, don't take me too fucking far down. Well, here, here was the thing, too. And, uh, geez, if any of my submarine friends from the day know this story, um, I know one that I'm friends with still on Facebook, so you might see this. But the Thresher was a submarine that went down. Okay. A Scorpion was first. Uh, there were more, but Scorpion was the Thresher, which now the Thresher was hole number 593. They changed the name of the class from the Thresher class to the Permit class. 
Hermit's class hull number was 594. Our submarine was 595. Same class as the other two, right. same exact type of boat, except one of them lost lives at the bottom of the ocean. Right. Yeah. Completely imploded. <coughs> so, when I got to the submarine after my schooling, it had been in the dry docks, or in the docks, uh, in repair up at Bremerton and Bangor, Washington for two years when they usually only take one. So there was problem after problem after problem. And then we have to go out for what's called sea trials. Okay. Which means they've got a, another submarine going out with you, they've got surface craft going out with you, uh, but then you're going to just go down a little bit. And everyone check for leaks. Yeah. And then we're going to go down a little further. Yeah. And everyone check for leaks. And then we're going to go, hmm. everyone check for leaks. And there's you know, a lot of headphones and coordination and all that stuff. But because of the S of Scorpion, the T of Thresher, and the P for the submarine I was on, which was the USS Plunger, everyone was running around STP, STP, worried we were going to die that day. So that's kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, on a submarine, any given day, the simple act of disposing of the trash could Change. flood the submarine. Right. That class of submarine, because it was in the largest compartment. I could flood the front, but lock it off. I could front, flood the back, but lock it off. But then you uh, flood that middle compartment, and that's where the galley was, and that's where the trash went out, and that's, uh, yeah. So even just the process of that, and you're going, oh, maybe we'll die today. So, yeah, you uh, have a different outlook on life. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, I don't have any more military questions than no. you did. No, I was, just, I, that's it. pretty much what I wanted. To, I just wanted to, you know, get into your background a little bit. Yeah. Well, you did mention during that that conversation, uh, we talked wrestling got thrown in there, and you you mentioned like the locker room etiquette, almost like shaking hands and the brotherhood and stuff. I did have that on here about our wrestling conversation. What I've seen so many different people post because I follow some different wrestlers and other people, and, and this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do, and. I know you specifically, I follow you, and I know you are very vocal on what you do like in wrestling, what you don't like in wrestling, and I agree with pretty much 100% what you go with. What do you say is like proper locker room etiquette? And if you wanted to say what you want to say on Facebook and you want to say it face-to-face, -face, say what you've if, got if to say. If I were going to actually have... This is going to happen in a conversation with me and a very, very green guy that I'm taking under my wing uh, soon. Mm -hmm. And I've already kind of thought about what I need to talk to him about. Uh, he's been through training, but never in a show. Right. So, um, A, and you've heard this phrase, pay your dues. Yes. Yep. I don't always, but most times, I will help ring either before mm -hmm. or after, just to say, even if it's one board, to say, I still do after 10 years. It, right. Help. Yep. Um, and you were there when I tore that finger open. Absolutely. Yeah, we were. Yeah. And that was as a result of me, even though I was brought in as, hey, we know your reputation, or, yep. you know, we want you as part of this show, I'm there with the stupid rails trying to put the ring post, and, the, and I cut my finger wide open. Before the match, before, before the, the show match. even, yeah. and then you still continue to, to, that to do that night. Yeah. Exactly, so, so 
There you go. That um, exactly so that's that's part of it. Pay your dues. Don't be afraid to. And don't ever get the ego to the point where uh, I won't. Yeah, right. If, if they need your help, I, I take this back to my very first, which was uh, Terry Ridley, uh, who, or Papa Terry Cadillac, who ultimate wrestling out at Exit 42, Palmyra area. Uh, Palmyra's that way. Anyway, um, <laughs> near Syracuse. So, when I went there the first time, out of trading, uh, and just went, listen, I'm a heel manager that takes bumps, which is huge if someone's willing to take a bump. Some people are not willing to take a bump as a manager. And uh, I said, if there's any, I would love to work mm -hmm. a match, but if there's anything else you need me for. And that would have meant sweeping up, selling soft drinks, whatever. Chairs, like you guys, you right? So that's super important. It, it, to put on a show is this massive undertaking. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, you open up doors, people come pay their tickets, you go home. It's hours beforehand. Yes. It's yeah. hours really afterwards. Is. It is. And then you got the people who uh, either think they're beyond uh, helping out or just don't anymore. Whatever the story is, then sometimes you end up with less people breaking down than you had. You previously had, exactly. And, and yet I've seen um, Terry Ridley's because their family there, like 20 people stay, and they're breaking, they've got 15, 20 minutes, they're boom, 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 right. right, done. Um, other etiquette, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you don't know who the other guy is, um, and I've probably done this to you guys, not knowing who you were, not knowing if you are a wrestler or not a wrestler. It, no, perfect, pleasure. because right? we were talking about this on the way in, of yep. At the shows we just recently were at doing, selling merch and stuff, we were like, we don't know who's wrestlers, who's not, who's just family. So do we just go and shake everyone's? Is that what it is? If they're there before doors open, they're involved somehow. It's not going to hurt. Right, right. If you don't, mm. Now, on the flip side of that, on the way out, you tend to say goodbye, 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 and then, then you go get your gear, and then it's like goodbye, goodbye. To the same people you just said goodbye to, and they're willingly accept it because they right. know that's, that's just the way it is. is. And, it, and it's that respect. It's And if you go in there and love it, <laughs> uh, so respect is huge, and that's part of the, you got to learn that. And then the biggie, the biggie, bring your gear. Right. I don't care if you're not booked on the show. If you're going there and you're going to introduce yourself to the people, bring your gear. Hey, nothing worse than saying, hey, when you, we're short one guy in the rumble, can you come in? Right. I don't have gear. Well, we're still Top short ass. one guy. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, so always bring your gear. But those th three things are pretty much it. But the respect, the respect, and the respect. Right. Respect. Yeah, we, we went through pretty much a good amount of that through a little wrestling company called CTWE that um, unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. They were, they were great. They were out of Connecticut. And I don't know what it was. They just... We, we, we were there like a couple hours early anyways because right. we didn't know the travel time to get down there. And they were like, you want to come in and help? Because they recognize this because we've gone to so many shows down there. And yep. they were like, you want to come in and help set up chairs? And then it was help set up the ring. And, and then it was help set up the entrance. And then it was... The steel cage. Steel and just to be part of it, it's like yeah. almost exactly. like a thrill, right? Like, really Bobby Lashley is. is introducing himself to us before the show. And we're like, 
Yeah, I had a, I got to get Bobby, Bobby Lashley. Lashley. Wow. I yeah. got to literally stand next to him as I'm watching him set So up even in his stature, he's the one to go high on Bobby. Oh, That's absolutely. Yeah, right. he did. And he Rhino. Did Rhino introduces wow. himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, yep. and, and Chris or Abyss. Abyss. One of the nicest yes, yes, guys yes, I've ever yep. met. We were working uh, World Hurt up in Vermont, and Abyss was on the show. And I'm not sure if I'd introduce myself or not yet at that point. But I'm overhearing him talk to Shane Alden, and he's going, Hey, the ride was great, and the hotel was great. Thanks, Mitch. I appreciate it. Everything was great. great. I was like, I told him later, says, that was like the most respectable thing I've ever heard, because yeah. it, it, I'm sure it was a hotel room. Right, nothing But it was provided for him, and he was so appreciative. I'm like, that's, that's how it's done. Exactly. That's yeah. how it's done. Right. It, it is nice to, as a fan, because sometimes you don't feel like you get the... The interaction you may want with a wrestler, it was like, oh, well, that wasn't as enjoyable or whatever. But when you do get those moments, like when we met Ultimate Warrior, I said, and he said it in his Hall of Fame speech, but when I said to him and I shook his hand, I was like, you know, thank you for coming out here. He stopped me right in my tracks and said, no, 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 I want to thank you. Like, I, I felt that. Wow. I yep. felt that. And then, you know, a couple years later when he does his Hall of Fame speech, he even says, you know, I tell people when I'm doing interviews, or not interviews, when I'm doing meet and greets, they say thank you. I always tell them, no, 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 thank you. So I was like, wow, he like he really was a man of his character. Like that's really who he was. So to take stuff like that away from all these experiences and not be and so sour on it, it's I, amazing. And people have said to us, you know, well, setting up the ring and getting all this, you know, behind the scenes, does that make you love it less? No, I love it even no. more. Exactly. I, I totally um, love it even more. Remind me about that ultimate thing because I got to take this in a different direction. Of, um, yeah, absolutely. Hey, take it wherever. I. You say about loving it more. Yep. The uh, one of the reasons I really, really love wrestling. If I'm an actor, here's my script. And you're gonna say this, and then we're gonna now let's practice that a few times. Then when it gets to shooting day, no, no, oh, screwed that up. Take twelve. Right. Da, da, da. I'm a finally got a final final product. If I'm a singer, I've rehearsed the song. I've rehearsed the song. I've rehearsed the song. Now we're gonna. Go in front of a live crowd. Great. Wonderful. If I'm a stage actor, we've done the same kind of practice and rehearsal. Now it's a dress rehearsal. Now it's a dress rehearsal in front of a live audience. Uh, name the entertainment venue. Right. Right? Wrestlers. They have some skills and knowledge. Yes. They have a basic ending they have to get to for storyline purposes. Mm -hmm. Or a particular way to end the match. Right. Yep. So it continues. And then you have the combatants working things out and going out there, one take in front of a live audience. And wow. It is. It's, a, it's yeah. amazing. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I stole your paper. It is. It, it, it's, it's crazy. Like we, at the CTWE show, uh, Dijak, who's in NXT right now, yep. I, I don't remember who he was wrestling for the life of me, but. They were rehearsing the match right before us, and they weren't literally rehearsing. He wasn't doing the moonsault yeah, off the top rope. He was just picking certain things. He's just saying, he was like, I'll do a moonsault off the top rope and land outside of the ring, and you know, we'll go from there. And I'm thinking to myself, that, they're never going to do that. In, in this small little it, it's a venue, tiny building, yeah. he's already seven foot tall. The roof is this close to the ring. It's, they're just, it's not going to happen. And then we're sitting in the front row, and then when you see that one take, like you said, it's like, he didn't even, they just said they were going to do it, and... He nails it. It's it is it's amazing 
to to see that and it not is. think so many more incidents could happen off of stuff like that. But it it's cool. I love wrestling, so I could talk about you know going to it all day like there that. There you so. go. Yep. Now about the other thing, you don't have to bring it up because I remember. There you <laughs> go. So you're not that old. You can remember. No thanks. Seventies. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's called years a running ago. joke, folks. Um, <laughs> When Billy Gunn was yep. in town, locker room. My name's Michael. Honored to meet you. And he and he goes like this. He goes. I'm like, what? He goes. Nothing. Just I'll never get used to hearing that, right? So later in the evening, at the end of the show, I says. I just want to thank you for coming. It's an honor to meet you, whether you like to hear that or not. He laughs again. He goes. It's not that I don't appreciate it. He goes, I was just a guy. Right place, right time. Now here's somebody huge in the business. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And at one point I'd lost respect for because he always, you know, they had the DX move, right? Yeah. But at one independent show he goes something like thick. And I thought that was a little too far, right? Right. right, right. But now I'm seeing this guy who's just like as humble as anybody, and I'm like, wow. Right. Wow. It's cool. Yep. It really is. It makes you just, you know, point of phrase, fall in love with it even more, because it's like, these are the guys, you see them on TV, you kind of think egos and just assholes We're or something. bigger than life and unapproachable. Yeah. Exactly. And we, yeah. we haven't met very many that haven't been approachable. No. You know, not too there's many. Been a, there's been a few that, you know, you hear the stories of many ways, like the Scott Steiner, who's... Not horrible to meet, but just felt like he'd rather be doing something else, which doesn't take away from the fact that I was glad I met you. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, I mean, Greg Kali was probably the yeah, worst. Kali was horrible. Really? He just, he just sat there, said nothing. Just like I'm, I was looking, looking at my picture earlier, and I'm like, yeah, and he just. I wanted my money back. Oh, that see, point. now I, I really have a, a non-wrestling related story though. Yeah. Okay. When I grew up doing magic, I started at age yeah. nine. That was my break in any kind of doing silly stuff in front of people. Uh, but I had seen Blackstone Jr. Palace Theater, I think it was. And he does a meet and greet at the end of the show. And I won't go into details on that, but I met him. I got a chance to talk with him. I talked with him personally alone. Yeah. But he's like in line, happy to meet everybody, signing autographs. One guy comes up and he's got this book. It's an old guy. He goes, Oh, you see here? I want you to sign right there next to your father's name. Right? Blackstone Senior. Blackstone. So, flip that. San Diego, California. Copperfield Show. Meet and greet. Oh, really? I was just writing that down. I was going to want to That's cool. <laughs> Table. Chair. David. Your memorabilia. Hand it to a handler who hands it to David and hands it to a handler. Oh, and out you go. Oh, man. And I was like, are you kidding me really that would piss me really off no interaction wouldn't talk it's a machine why bother just yeah, sit that's behind not a meet and greet at that that's point just sit behind a closed door and sign blank autographs and then just sell them yeah yeah that's i mean that's kind of only happened not really happened to us like that but when we met went to um boston I, what the hell was the show Big Time Wrestling? Yeah. Big Time Wrestling, they brought Sting in. You know, we've been to a couple other shows before. They were okay. Nothing over the top. But it was Sting. Like, oh, fuck. We're going to go get me Sting. 
they had labeled it for a week seventy-five dollars. You know, this was the price, and we get there and they bumped it up an extra twenty-five. So now oh, it's a nice. hundred. So now it's like shit. Like I, I've got all my stuff in my hand, my poster, whatever, my marker, the money I thought it was gonna cost. Him and another friend of ours was there. Sting is in a black curtain all by himself. All by himself. Everybody, Everybody else has tables along right, the Right, you know, know Farouk is over here, Lex Luger's over there. It's homicide. The homicide Sting is in a black curtain by himself, only let one person in at a time. So by the time I'm getting my money out, him and the other guy that we're with are already pictures taken through the curtain. Security guards yelling at me, you need to get the fucking shit out before you're up online and this, this, and that. And I'm just like, I will knock you the fuck out right now, man. Like... The other guy's rushing me through. I'm already pissed because it cost me that much money. I get into the curtain. My camera guy, Dave, is through. And I'm like, well, that guy's taking my picture for me. It just was an emotionless... And Sting, Sting did not want to be there. Right. You could just tell on his face. He did not. I didn't... I've never wanted to leave a wrestling show so really? bad in my life. I was so miserable. Yep. Luckily, we got to meet him again at the Glens Falls Civic Center... 100% different. Different story. Yeah. Yep. yep. He, you lucky son of a gun, I got him in to meet Sting for free. I just said, hey, stand next to me and just walk in with me. And That's I got exactly my ticket autographed. Did. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So, it, it was a much better time, but it does suck when you have Now, I understand these guys, too, also have managers. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, and I know there's a current situation happening that they're trying to get a superstar, um, but that superstar for a meet and greet is... Astronomically hard, yeah. high price. Oh yeah, for an hour. Yep. Now imagine trying to get everybody who would pay to see this big name, right, and try to muscle them through in an hour. In an it's hour, it's not going to happen. Exactly. Yep. So, uh, well, yeah, we definitely take those things in consideration. It's just those are the ones that stick out as sure. the, the, the way they interacted with you to get you through there. Is you know the way they treated you is. is it's really like well. you're taking my money. I get you got a job, but make me feel like I'm a little bit better than a peasant right now. Just a little. Yes. Bit. Just a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I met. Not like I had. Right. right. I'm right. glad we got to meet him again, so I could follow that story up with. A if I mention the name Alan Hale Jr., do you know what I'm I talking about? I do not know that name. No. You ever seen Gilligan's Island? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Skipper. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm out in San Diego. They, uh, at what used to be Jack Murphy Stadium. I forget what they call it now. It's whoever bought the sponsorship name for mm-hmm. it. But he was. They they would have a um, every Sunday a swap meet out there. All the just tons of stuff you could buy. Uh, thousands of people showing up buying things. So anyway, he's got a table and and Alan Hale Jr. Got a picture, and I haven't signed it. And I say to him, How about those syndications? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Yep. Because it was like a one and done series. Exactly. Went nowhere, kind of yeah. like Star Trek was. Right. But it lives forever. But, right, but then it got syndicated. It got picked yeah. Right, and then it became very popular, yep. and blah, blah, blah. So I says, How about those syndications? Now, here's the generational gap. And, and, and at this point, <laughs> I'm a bit dumbfounded. He goes, yep, the mafia's everywhere. And I just shut up, took my picture, and, and just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, I lost that Wrong one. syndication. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was saying, how about it? You built your career? You know? Right. He's like, no, okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation's one and done. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, well, I, to go back into your 
you know, magical childhood. Yes. David Blaine, Chris Angel, or David Copperfield. Which one out of those three is... Would you, like, pay to consistently see? Because one's a mind freak and the others are just magicians. <laughs> Chris Angel, I love his work. He's very innovative. Yeah. Um, and he's a character, for sure. For sure. Yeah. The only thing that I, I'm squeamish. That yes. sort of thing. Yeah. So... Um, you know, I don't want to see you pushing your goddamn rice up out your eyeball, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, that's too much for me. The, yeah. the, the magic he does is phenomenal, right? And, and innovative. Uh, Copperfield pioneer. Yep. Based on old, yep, right? Yeah. So modernized things took it more into like theater Houdini and stuff like that, right? You're talking about yeah. Um, for the longest time, magic was you know tuxedo coat and. Oh, or, right. Yeah, presented the big thing, right? And where he did stories and made it a modern music, yeah. right? Yes. right. Uh, of course, breaking that first would have been uh, Doug Henning. Okay. So uh, you really re need to research him. Now, David Blaine. If I see a David Blaine special, I turn it off. Yeah. If I wanted something yes. presented on Quaaludes, I'll call David Blaine. <laughs> That's exactly how South Park kind of presents him. It's very, I have no personality, but here's my Watch, head. isn't this amazing? Watch, I'm floating. <laughs> <laughs> you saved the best zero, for last. Zero showmanship. Did yeah. it look okay from that angle? It did, it did look good, it did. <laughs> from their angle, probably not. No, from no, my angle. <laughs> You understand? I won't get it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, have you ever seen the movie uh, The Wonderful Burt Wonderstone? No. It's a magician movie. It's a terrible movie. Really? It's, it's just the it's quality's bad. But it's a magician movie, and it, you it have makes to send me fun a link to that, that so I can look forward. Yeah, to it, make, it makes it. fun of all that kind of. Uh, it's got Steve Carell and Steve Buscemi in it. Okay. It's funny. Enough. Oh, it's a, it's a magician story, but it's spoofed. Yeah, they're two kids that grew up in the 80s that, you know, there was a magician on TV that, you know, presented this, oh, buy a magic kit and you can be a magician as well. So they buy it and they become two kid magicians that grow up doing, I don't know if they do fairs, but they do little high schools and stuff. And then they become like big Vegas shows and then they have a falling out and then they come back together. But it's a straight comedy. There's They make fun of the concept of like a Chris Angel like Jim Carrey plays the Chris Angel mind freak character. Right. Like he eats a trade, like a, uh, not a trading card, but a playing card, mm -hmm. and then cuts his cheek open uh, and he squeezes the card out of his cheek. Like, right, right, you know. Right. So it's very in that same wheelhouse of, of pretty much how you described all three of those guys. So, and I, I think that's something you probably would get it. Yeah, I, I, love, I love magic. It's, uh, it's another one of those arts that are just. Of course, let me see. Um, Mr. Man. Uh, Crazy ass submariner. Who's <laughs> <laughs> the resume? Magic. Oh, uh, we have to throw in there water dowser slash water witch, um, wrestler, hypnotist, magician. Works with dogs. I mean, I, I I have these odd combination of none of it's Qualities. none of it's like I want to be a nine to five or an own a home. <laughs> right. I want to be a family man and have five children and three dogs. No, no, no. If it's a little over the edge, I'll do it. So. Exactly, exactly. Push the boundaries of what your limits are. That's, that's absolutely pretty, pretty good. Um, I know I had some other questions here. Let me flip back.
about the hypnotism. How did you get? I mean, obviously you got into the hypnotism because of the magic. Correct. How does that work for people that are naysayers and skeptics? Because I'm kind of on the fence mm -hmm. with it. I mean, I'm totally open-minded. We should go to one of his shows. I, I kind of would. Could you do something now, or is that too... Hey, hey, here's the deal with hypnosis. Um, first of all, it's a percentage game. Okay. When I'm doing a high school or a college, here's 100, 200, 300... I want to do it! Right. Eager to, to be, do it. Yeah. Um, as we grow older, we get a little more conservative and are just, I don't, if I go to, if I did a business one, and God, I, I remember this thoroughly, and it's proof that it's real, by the way, not knowing what the word actuary meant, but I got hired to do a show for actuaries. Okay. Now, Actuaries is a fancy word for bookkeeper. Okay, I was going to ask you, please elaborate, because I yeah, don't know what that uh, is. It's, <laughs> it's people who are very comfortable in their daily lives looking at numbers and books and going, this is that and that and this and that. And the imagination level is yeah. way down here. Don't venture <laughs> out anywhere, yeah. Okay, so for me to ask them to use their imagination and... and because uh, a lot of it is visualization, what I'm asking people to go through to get into to get hypnosis. Um, so I'm really brick-walling it. And it was a smaller group of people anyway, mm -hmm. and only a few volunteered, and literally had to walk away from it, which I hate doing with zero show, but still getting paid. I hate doing that. Right. Um, yeah. But even with the right age, or what the demographic, if I starting with 20 chairs... I may end up with 10, 12 that are under. Um, on rare occasion, one time at Saratoga Springs High School, uh, at the end of it all, uh, there were so many people in the audience that got hypnotized and I let them all back up on stage. We started with 20 chairs and by time, one of the guy had written down on his hand uh, how many girls and how many boys, but the total was 37 out of 20 that <laughs> was hypnotized. Uh, so it varies, but it could be next to nothing. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a risky thing to do. Um, now what was your actual question? I kind of went off on Well, it. no, just like how you kind of got it? into it. Like why that instead of more or less just straight magic? magic? Uh, there's a, a, a real story behind this. Good, and I've good. told it many times. The uh, I've always wanted to be <clears throat> magic. Yep. And I envisioned myself, big stage and this and vanishing that and appearing here and there, all that stuff. Now, a single illusion, and the one that always comes to mind is where they've got a sword and they balance a girl on it. And David Copperfield did a version mm -hmm. of this as well. And then he spun and then the right, right, up, right up through yep. it. Right. I've seen that. Oh, yep. oh, oh. That's a $10,000 illusion. Right. <laughs> Uh, I'm a poor guy in the middle of the Midwest What's with the no thumb real job. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Yes. The other thumb thing. Oh boy, here we go, fun. Here we go. <laughs> Just for fun. Uh, <laughs> it smells funny now. Uh, so. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sorry, folks. Off the rails. He's not Where, sorry. Where's that yellow tiger guy? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I wanted the work, but it's very expensive. Now, even to buy a few illusions, now I need an assistant that I have to pay. Now I need a truck that I have to move it with. Cart everything. Now I've got hours. And, and Unless you're well-funded, stage hypnotist. Mm -mm. So, um, I was going to college at the time. Which is another extension of this getting into the Navy and choosing what I want. You test to get into college, and I, I, I was poor on English and math. So I had to take more credits to let the Navy pay for it. Mm -hmm. and, hey, by the time all was said and done, I had too many credits, and the dean was like, oh, you're older than average. I was 27 years old, so they let me fly. But now for like six quarters in a row on Dean's list. I'm like, where the hell, where was this in high school? Right. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm going to college and they have a hypnotist there and I'm there early because I know it's in the same lines of magic and I meet the guy to help him bring his equipment in. And I watched the show. I was like, that's, that's good stuff. Right. He came back, only this time I volunteered. And I'm out, if you will, and I'm like actively thinking, oh, I'm not really out, I'm really out, I was gonna, but I'll do it in what he says, right? I'm, so I'm actively thinking, which is a big mistake, um, <laughs> because the more you just let it go, the better. Yeah. Um, but then he did a routine where he sent us out in the audience for whatever reason, and whenever he said a word, uh, we'd get drunker. And I remember at this point, imagine this is a stage about that tall, We'll just do this. I'm coming back through the audience. I realize I'm feeling it. And I'm like trying to get back up on stage. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm completely feeling it. Yep. And I was like, okay, so that's good stuff. So then they had a third hypnotist come in. I say third, second, but third show while I was in college. And I see the guy, he actually started with a magic trick. But The guy's entertaining these hundreds right. with a microphone. I can afford that right. <laughs> That's in the budget. <laughs> so I, um, at the time, was going through speech classes and uh, psychology classes. And I wrote a speech that I presented to both classes. And so I did the speech on hypnosis and its history and blah, 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 blah. And then Part of that speech was, do you realize what really can be done with hypnosis, which is very negative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I tell these negative points, but I said, you would think that all of them, this was the, the exclamation or punchline to the whole speech, that this information would be locked up based on what's possible with it. And I said, reach under the lectern. I slap a book on top, and I read a title, I slap a book on top, and this title, I'm building the stack of books on hypnosis, mm -hmm. are all available in our college library. Now, one of those books, which was called Hypnosis Induction Techniques, which was wonderful. Now, it's old school book, T-E-C-H-N-I-C-S, as opposed to I-Q-U-A-S, mm -hmm. right? Old school spelling for techniques how to do it, why it's working, plain English. 
Part of that book is my monologue that I use, but that's what, that was the next step. So then I took, and at the time I was working in radio too, so I was at a bar and I was like, yeah, you're signing, you're buying some radio ads, blah, blah, blah. By the way, I do this hypnosis show. Really? Yeah, Tom. Love to have it. Well, let's set up a date. Ah, no show. Right, <laughs> right. So now I'm back home, like racking my brain. What can I do? What can I do? Right. What can I do? What yeah. can I do? And then there was a, uh, I took what I knew and I practiced on some friends and family. On, on some it worked. Others went to a state mental hospital. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. It's a joke. <laughs> no, no, I have a dark sense of humor, so we're right there. But I did. I had to, right next to where I, my uh, restaurant job was, was a VFW, and they let okay. me use the basement. And so friends came down, and I actually performed the show to see if I could even pull a show off. Right? Yeah. And then that first show at that bar was just, it was three hours long. <laughs> it was... It was insanity. It was so good. I was like, I gotta, and I've been doing it ever since. So that's cool. Years. That's great. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah, we oh, listen, listen. Pay attention here. On your phone, go to YouTube. Type in the telemarketer hypnotist. One of the top searches, you're gonna see a blonde girl holding orange cones. Watch that. That's from Queensbury High School, and I'll. I'll Show it to you. I'm already sold. A, a blonde with orange cones. <laughs> well, I'm not talking Madonna. I, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, not not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where my mind goes. But she was so good. I, I, I practically had to retire the routine because nobody could match up. Oh, and you'll, you'll see it. But what was interesting about that too is she was obviously a junior that first year and was phenomenal. But uh, she showed up the next year and she wanted to be hypnotized again. I was yeah. like, great. Yeah, now, I end my hypnosis shows by A, ensuring they're out and clear-headed and going to have a normal night's sleep, which is essential to set up because 20 minutes of hypnosis literally equates to about four hours of sleep. So oh, if I've wow. got them up there for two hours, they could be wide awake all night. For, right? Right. So I have to reset sure. that. Yeah. Um, but I also set up that from this point forward, should you ever wish to be hypnotized, you'll be able to go this deep and so much deeper each and every time you are hypnotized. Mm. However, you will only allow yourself to be hypnotized either by a stage hypnotist or a therapist, not by a friend or a family member unless they're duly qualified to do so. So that's at the end of every show, which was the previous year. So here's this girl, and I explain, you know, she was here last year. Folks, watch this. And I just walk up to her and I went, sleep. And Boom! Right at the beginning. Then I worked the rest of the That's the, amazing. The That's great. That's so, cool. So. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, that is awesome. So it's fun. But uh, my wife, she gets asked, does she ever hypnotize you at home? And she has a beautiful answer. Not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, Good that answer. A great answer. That's perfect. <laughs> she make you do... Not that I know of. <laughs> News to me. <laughs> well, when is your next show? Do you have one coming I up? have one. Uh, actually, it's not a public show. But it's going to be at Mahonison High School. Give a selfless plug, absolutely. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's at Mahonison High School. It is for the seniors who are graduating. Now, there's a story behind that. Okay. Um, I get a little crazy. I. It's not about, oh, watch these people. Like, oh, I'm cold. No, mine is about emotions. Mm -hmm. um, like, for instance, I'll have a routine where a, a guy I've set up that when he hears 
Lone Star's amazed. Mm -hmm. That he'll think it's prom night and his date is there all beautiful for oh, him and stuff. And he'll have to cut in to the chaperone who's talking to his date and, and take her to the dance floor and dance. So now, before I start that, I talk to a girl who is now the anal retentive neurotic janitor oh, for this yeah. stage. Okay. And that every time you hear this coach's whistle, I'm eating and it's running down my shirt you and got shoes on tracking all yes. over the place and you must find the mop and clean up after me. But <laughs> you're not happy about it and you're not afraid to tell me how you feel about it, right? Oh my gosh. So now I go over to where my sound system is and I pull out a mop and I start, Lone Star's amazed and I start talking to the mop. So now this guy comes so over, he comes over to take the mop to go dance with the mop, which ends up with him hugging it, feeling it up, kissing it. <laughs> Doing uh, it all. Yeah, but in segments. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll have him stop, and then I'll blow the whistle, and she's bitching me out. And I've been hit by this mop many, many times. <laughs> uh, but it, I keep going back and forth between the two. At one point, I'm out in the audience uh, and blow the whistle. Now she's like, where are you, you son of a... And chasing <laughs> through the audience, and it's fun. But then after that, I've got him dancing with it. Right. And then I blow the whistle. Uh, that's what I was waiting for. That's what I was waiting for. Let's like, get to that part. It's, it's this, just, I'm not looking for something to watch. I'm looking for something that's emotionally outrageous. Right. Yeah. Um, and when that doesn't reach that, I don't think I've done a good enough job. Right. So, um, that's, that's great. So, anyway, this, that leads into the story because when I say feel free to tell me you're upset with me. Mm -hmm. And also at the end, I'll say, you know, I've got a couple of little skits like after they're back to the audience at the end of it, but they're, I've set them up so when I hear a certain word, they'll react. And uh, one of them was just my name, comic hypnotist Michael Ray. And uh, a bunch of them get up and they're like, you suck and you ripped off the school. And, and this one kid goes, I, you Fucking suck! <laughs> well, they had a brand new principal there. Oh, female that just didn't know. Already cranky before she got there. <laughs> right. On our way out the door, I said, "Thank you very much." She says, "You'll never be back." <laughs> and that was about three years ago, oh, and um, apparently, her and the rest of the school didn't get along, and she's moved on. And they called me, and I'm going back. So I'm really excited about that, and that was really flattering. Cause that's I, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Cause I I definitely know when you when you do a public show again, if it falls on a date that you and I don't have. I will work. tell you for sure. Okay. Saratoga first night. Every year. Okay. Okay. And yeah. Um. They're not the biggest best, but also. And I'll keep you guys posted directly. Yeah, absolutely. And you can actually share this information because it's yeah, we it's will. for oh, the yeah, kids of the school, but it's one of the best shows ever. Uh, is uh, Saratoga Springs High School? Yeah. And they'll put five, six hundred people in there, and then the energy's like through. The it's room. just right. outrageous, right? Yeah. And See, I would love to do that. That's cool. So I'll let you know. And then that is, you know, because it's a fundraiser. The more the people come, yeah, the more money the they're making. So exactly. But uh, if you guys want to come to it, you come in as my guests. That would be great. I would absolutely. Because yeah. yeah. now that I don't work nights, if it falls on a weekday where... It's usually a Thursday night. Ah, perfect. Yep. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Yeah, that... I mean, do you have any questions on the hypnotism or no, the magical? I, I think we've covered pretty much No, did you, were you one of those... You said you got into magic, what, when you were nine? Mm-hmm. 
Were you one of those like kids that saw the thing on the TV that said buy this magic box? Did they even have that? Was that a legit they had thing? That, the, the biggest thing that I can remember, and the guy died just a few years ago, was Marshall Brodine. Uh, but he pitched TV magic cards. He's right. Like, now, had to get those. And, and those were quite ingenious because there was uh, many, many automatic methods built into this card deck. Uh, stripper deck, uh, the, the Cy Stebbin system, uh, short and long. The only thing it didn't have was rough and smooth. And I'll explain those so they make a little bit of sense. Stripper deck. If I've got a rectangle deck, but it's deliberately manufactured little tapered. So I have you take a card out and while you're holding it and looking at it I just flip the deck the other way. Now right. you put it in I have one wide end in amongst one. all the narrows. Exactly. I got your card. Um, the C step and size step and system it's I could literally fan out a size step and system deck right in front of you and go well they're thoroughly mixed. Mm -hmm. Yet Cut the deck and go. I'll take I'll take the ace of hearts, right, please? Or have you point to one and tell you what it is? And um, they were also a marked deck as well. But there's a system where it's staggered every so many numbers, right? With you know uh, jacks, eleven, twelve, thirteen, and supposed to whatever. Um, but every four suits, right? So, so it really knew. scrambled, but it's not. Right. It's, there's a methodology to it, and but just phenomenal. So that was probably my earlier ones. And cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've wasted my fair share of money on magic. <laughs> oh, I waste any money hobby, on a lot. any hobby. Exactly. Exactly. Coins, stamps, name Legos. it. It's expensive. I'm a, I'm a Lego guy. I'm 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 all right to admit that. I'll be 30 next year, but I'm a big Lego collector. For me, it's the autograph trading cards. You know, the wrestling autograph creating cards. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Hey, great. I've got gifts for you then. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Not right now, but first of all, I want to acknowledge this little bit. Oh, here. absolutely. I appreciate this so much, a gift from these guys. Right it is. It, that was out of my own personal question. Does it even fit? Does it fit? It, right. it, it looks... <laughs> See, yeah. that's what I have. A large watermelon-shaped head, so hats it don't is. fit me more like a parachute. I, I look horrible in hats. And yeah. I like ball caps and like the. I mean, I'm already bald enough without cutting off circulation in my head. Um, but I, I got kicked in the face, fell on an unpadded floor, and I have a chip in my elbow here from Hornswoggle. Oh, that's nice. I wish I'd have had this back in the day. I'd have him sign it or something. Well, I know your colors are more red and purple, so green's a little out there. But green. But you never know when I need the uh, lovely Irish. <laughs> well, there we go, you know, right there. <laughs> There's, um, there's me pot of gold. <laughs> it's magically delicious. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I don't really have any more questions on like your personal like stuff. Okay. But I know wrestling wise, we do want to go ask more about that because I know you've posted stuff about AEW, mm -hmm. and we kind of want to know your thoughts on that a little bit. I guess where you are, and also who you've worked with that like. I mean, yeah, you're indie guys, but like big name superstars. Let me like address that. that part first. Yeah, absolutely. As an old, fat, cigar smoking manager, <laughs> I know that gold will never be around this waist. Yeah. Unless it's some fluke match, you know, I'm the last man and I'm a rumble accidentally something. Right. And it'll last all of 30 seconds, right? But 
when when a worker, a wrestler, gets gold, mm -hmm. it's a huge acknowledgement, and I hope they realize that when they do, and not just prop, that that person can carry that to say, you love me enough, and I'm good enough to make it valid appearing, at least, mm -hmm. that I deserve to have won that, and I've got your support as an audience, that yes, yes, yep, yep. or you hate me enough that I've got this, in that right I can direction. still keep them involved with they, the fact that I'm champion. Right. It's an acknowledgement to the skill of the worker, yeah. no doubt about it, because a lot of workers will never touch a piece of gold. Right. Um, now, I'm going to forget a lot of names. I've had these hands stomped on by Nikolai Volkov. Mm -hmm. Twice I've had my hair cut by Brutus the Barber. We were there for one of those. <laughs> um, I've worked with Snitsky. I've worked with Jimmy Hart. I've worked with uh, uh, Sandman. Uh, I, there's too many. Swaggle. Uh, I've seen all the pictures with you and like Jake Roberts. Yes, uh, I didn't actually work with them, but, but backstage, the sure. Show, uh, Shane Douglas. Yeah, worked right. Um, oh shit, I, I've seen a bunch of them. But, the, but yeah, when um, for that matter, if I say Jeff Starr, you know who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. For that matter, for them to put me in an event with the company's super face, right? Super heel. That's that's excitement, that's right? Yeah. So all of those are Mr. Man's gold. Right. We trust you to make that star look good. Exactly. You know, the yep. fact that I'm paired up with Andrew Anderson in the first place is a big, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I like that pairing. I'm a, I'm a big little, like, you know, Weasley kind of manager, more mouth than, than bite. Yep. And then the big hulking guy that's just there to don't touch my little manager. I like that duo. We said that on our last podcast about Matt Stryker and Big Daddy V and right and stuff like that. So that's my cup of tea. So when he won the title, you and I were both just. Yeah. So you were there oh, when yeah. I was. I was the rope between tug of war between uh, uh, Johnny Moran, Moran, Johnny Moran. I love you guy, um, <laughs> Moran, Moran on purpose. You know. Was, yeah. But. You know, he's trying to pull me back into the ring, and Anderson's trying to yep, pull me pull out, of the, out of the ring. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. He really is a big guy. Like, And for him at the end of the night to go, it's a real honor working with you. To me? Yeah. Right. <laughs> he was very nice when I met him. And I met, I met him as a fan. You know him now as, like, a personal, yes. you know, acquaintance. He was very nice to just a little kid like me, yeah. so it was it was cool. Well, and he's one of the few. I know you've heard of a Mark Perez, yep. Carnage. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many more are out there that. This is their job. Right. There's not a lot of indie guys. That's their job. Mm -hmm. Anderson is one of them. Uh, so you know, Jesus, it's not like money just flows out of these small companies. Oh, exactly. So. For these guys to make a living and travel the world, and you know, you need to like um, Andrew Anderson's page. He's been—he's still going everywhere. Right. Yeah. Oh, I've seen him on a bunch of different little. I uh, probably from you posting him and other wrestlers posting. You know, this show's happening here. This show's happening here, and you see like the little headshot 
on the poster and, and he's stuff everywhere. like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. and like I said, I'm a big fan of Gotham. Yep. So when I saw him in season four as one of the biker gang goons, I was like, oh shit, like I, I, I know that guy. Yeah, and it was so. it was close to being a recurring thing for him. And well, he said he was going to be in a new. Um, show spinning, not a spin off, but in the same kind of I don't reality. think they can end Gotham. They okay. ended Gotham. I know, there was a finale. Right. But that story is far from being Far told from over. Because this is all, we all know who Barbara's going to end up being at the end, right? Right. Um, but this is all the back, which I, I loved about it. Me too. Is the fact that this is the start of all of this. And it's just, it just got it, like. Yes, you know, it's not done. It can't be. It I can't Take be. a hiatus. Come back and do. You know, call it something else. Right. You know, just call it Batman. I don't even care. Because the, it, it, the story's Bruce the good. Dark Knight. You know, and you watch that kid grow on oh, that yeah, show. Oh, yeah. And I remember my, my buddy Mark and I talk about this all the time. I've been there since day one. I've loved the show since day one. But that kid, I was like, ah, he's never going to be a Batman. This kid, he'll fucking flop. And he did a his first Comic-Con panel. And he's like, oh, I just hope I'm around long enough to wear the bat suit. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, you get the fuck out of here. Right. <laughs> and now that I've grown with him, yep. it's like, nope, you're Bruce Wayne. Get that bat suit on and go save the day, kid. It was interesting because you, you watch the transformation between... Uh, him being this poor, pathetic, hurt, emotionally, yep. um, frail, angry, but then the anger turned to vindictiveness. Now the vindictiveness turned to, I'm going to do something about right. it, but still have the, still I'm not going to kill the innocence thing. Exactly. And now this past two seasons where he's just, we're coming at you. Right. So, yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it is great. And it's, like, a lot of people hate on the show because it is, and I'll say it, it's cheesy. It's so it's cheesy. It's a good cheesy. It's it so really good. It's comic book. Yep. Exactly. It's, it is done that way. Exactly. You know? People are always going to find something to pick apart. I so. love it. I, it's I love like, it. I hate WWE. What time is it on? <laughs> no, no, I've been guilty of that a hundred yeah. times. But a lot of people, the critics are like that. I hate exactly. that. What time's it on? Did right. I, oh, I didn't record. Damn it. If John Cena wins this WrestleMania, I'm never fucking watching it again. I'm going to watch on Raw tomorrow to see what happened because I need to now know. No, I don't get to watch wrestling. Right. I really don't. Um, none of it. So, and that's been for years. And the reason is A, day hours that I work. Absolutely. B, is we have one source feed for everything mm -hmm. in the house as far as what I can tune in and it's all on. Um, and since our time was limited with my wife, when when I'm home, we're doing us things. Together. Right. right. And she doesn't care for the wrestling, so don't put her through, put her it. through it. So, but <clears throat> I did hear about this and, and saw bits and pieces of it, but wow, when Roman Reigns became champion and how pissed people were about that. Yeah. That was the greatest heat you guys fell for. <laughs> oh, I hate that Roman Reigns. Perfect. Perfect. I've, <laughs> I've never been a Roman, not a huge Roman Reigns fan. I like the guy. He's not, I'm not completely soured on him like, like a John Cena. Like, I just no, can't no. help but just always throw him into the, to the, into the gears there. But I was soured on Roman Reigns when they... They, as in whoever those people would be, gave him the Undertaker win at Mania. Yeah. That, to me, for so many reasons, felt so wrong because you had, what, a year and a half, or two years before you had Lesnar do it, which felt right. It felt like if anybody in this ridiculous world 
could beat the dead man at his own game, and you want to legitimize somebody that went from wrestling to MMA and now back into wrestling, and you want to keep that illusion that he is a just beast, have him be Undertaker. Have that be one of those moments where, holy fuck, I never thought it would happen. Right. Never again in my lifetime should it have happened. Then two years later, you give it to Roman Reigns just... I don't know what the plan and was. And that may be the, what I'm referring to. All I know is he got something. Oh, it's happened numerous yeah, times. Yeah, what they did yeah. was incredible yeah. as a result exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't care. Um, 10,000 of you go out there and call Mr. Man an asshole. Please, you're doing me a favor. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? yeah. right. So, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Someone said it before, like... All reactions are like a positive reaction in some way. Right. Like all publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but what are your thoughts? Like, I see you post stuff on Facebook about AEW. Like, have you seen? I, I did see the pay per view. Okay, I have not. Okay. You guys both you, have. Yeah. You know Justin. Uh, he's the guy that brings the cameras down to. Immortal. I probably he's, recognize he's, him. But he's yeah. standing right next to you with his camera. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Uh, but uh, for the longest time, uh, him and I traveled down to uh, Dynasty and Immortal together. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, so he invited me over for that pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. Ordinarily, I don't know too much. So I went over. And again, I can't compare it to Raw, even though I know right now there's a lot of heat about how lame he is. Yeah. But I will tell you this from the get-go. It was relatively easy for me to step back from watching E when they went from a one-hour show to a two, which was fine with some fluff, right? to yeah. a three with way too way much fluff. Too much fluff. Yeah. When you're opening it up and putting people to sleep with a 30-minute promo, that, yeah. I came to watch wrestling. Now, yep. AEW. Bam, 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 bam. Slow it down a little bit. Have the uh, brothers match. Yep. Bam, 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 bam. Holy yeah. shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Chris For Jericho. four hours of holy shit. That was a good show. That's great. I apologize. I have not seen it, so people are probably like, Get the fuck. Yeah, that's the reaction I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't give a watch wrestling and I've seen really? it. What the hell's wrong? Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy that there's an alternative. I mean, there's always been alternatives to the WWE. There's always indie shows left and right of every state to every corner. And more so now than ever. And it's, right. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, on that same thing, mm -hmm. would I have, when I first got back to which I looked into, started training when I was, what was it, 27 years old when I got out of the military. But there was nothing, right, except for Utica. And we're talking a poor, unemployed kid with a piece of crap car. It wasn't happening. It was right. just, wasn't happening. But now, literally, pay attention, people. Get these questions. How can I get in? How can I... These guys already know part of it. Volunteering your services. Yep. There's there is a school in Albany. Yep. The dirty secret is if you wanna learn and you're willing to put in the times, pay your dues. Um, actually Jason Shanahan, uh, he helps set up mm -hmm. and he, and I've worked with him on, in the ring. It's kind of a payback. Um but you have that opportunity to find your way in right. if you want in. Uh, so there's no excuses in, in, of going, I wish I could. Do something. One right. step's better than no step. Exactly. Uh, but there, 
there's a lot of promotions you could do that tons. with, right? Yeah. You got TIW, go help them. You know, yeah, right? There, there's there's tons of them out there. So many acronyms you could probably just make up an acronym and yes. it's a wrestling company. Yep. I mean, except that one I really hate. POS. I hate that one. That, that bad promotion. <laughs> but I mean, just in this area. I mean, in the capital district, yes. there's promotions everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, because in my situation, I I don't want to drive to Syracuse. I don't want to drive to Pennsylvania. Um, it just doesn't fit my life. Your life. So right. for me to drive half an hour to Whitehall. An hour to Schenectady. It pretty an much An hour fits. and a half to, to uh, Massachusetts there, uh, oh, where okay. TIW runs. Yep. Uh, yeah, that that's doable. Yep. You know, and I can get home in the same night. And, and as it is, I do have a day job, but that has me up most mornings at 2.40. So right. when you guys see me going, yeah, what the fuck? At nine o'clock at night, it's past my bedtime. That's not even me. There. Right, that's <laughs> Mr. Man. Yeah, he's, he's a sleep-deprived uh, moron. Yeah, that's him. Um, so. Speaking of the name, Mr. Man, I just kind of thought of it just now. Uh, are you familiar with William Regal's music? He's a man. Like I don't know. Is that, is that the name of it? Yeah, I thought that was from a gay club. <laughs> it probably could have been. But we Which did. I always thought was that, you know, every time somebody mentions the logjam, I was just, is that a gay That, <laughs> you know, there's some weird names out there, and the logjam is definitely it's a definitely odd name. But we did a video earlier uh, to kind of hype up if there's any viewers out there that watch this. We are getting, we are getting a little... Well, I say it like that because, you know, it is what it is. But um, that we're interested in this, and we have music in the background that's playing and it just keeps saying he's a man he's a manly man so you got like <laughs> some show music it's almost like um those old spice commercials then. kind of pretty yeah, much yeah. it's very to the point and it's also a head scratcher of why would you have this in your music library don't ask me questions you no. don't want answers to I thought you were going to ask me something else so I'm going to answer that question <laughs> all right I was <laughs> telepathically you picked it up here's a joke for all the telepaths in the house <laughs> hey, that's yeah, I like that's a Robin Williams joke. Right? I love him. Here's so a joke much. for all the psychics in the house. Um, Mr. Man, first of all, uh, the real me, yep. the real me you don't know, doesn't exist on Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, comic hypnotist Michael Ray exists. Michael Ray Man exists. Mr. Man exists. Michael Rayman is not me. Mm -hmm. It is, as we would call, a cave. It's a name, right? But uh, that comes from my radio work, where I was Michael Ray, uh, which then went into my hypnosis name, Michael Ray. Real name, middle name is Raymond. So there's that. There's that. Now, man, I don't know why I decided on that. I think just so I could say. It's man, two ends, I think. Just, but, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> which I've done from time to time. But when my son was one and two, just like I told you the story of our, our, our chihuahua, her, yeah. we couldn't find a name for her. We called her Little One. Little One, yeah. And, and then one day I'm outside. She's just acting, you know, just sitting there. I go, what are you doing, my little muffin head? And it stuck. Uh, but my son, when he was... You know, one or two or whatever, but he'd, he'd get up in the morning smiling, and I'd say, "What are you doing there, Mister Man?" That was my nickname for him. Okay. So Mister yeah. Man is like tribute to my tribute to son. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Me being a father, I 
I get that that sentimental love and yep. it just and it's a natural thing. It wasn't something you just had to sit around and think of. It was no. like, huh, that and it that works. And speaking of which, um, you've seen it. Even like we have the Godfather coming up. Yeah. Yep. He's been many incarnations. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was very very fortunate, and I, I kind of have to admit when I first went out, my first match, I went out as Michael Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, hat, suit, all that stuff, but um, then went to the Mr. Man. But very fortunate, whatever I decided that I was going to be worked, and I've been that for 10 years. I haven't had to shift gears. Right. Yeah, so. It works. It works. It really really does. does. Yeah. There's nothing better in wrestling, in my opinion, than a heel. It's too fun. It really is. It's, It's, and the ones that Randy Orton, that are a heel with no personality. I don't know if that's writing. I don't know if that's his own creative out. But it's like, you're a heel. Go out there and make people hate you and, and enjoy that. I it guess. seems like everybody wants to be the cool heel now and not be like an the, the, the heel. silent. I'm kind of in that boat because literally I should tell the two of you to go scratch ass and not do an interview. <laughs> True heel, right? True heel. Um, but. Back in the day with Orton, and he changed it. He, he kind of, I don't even know if he does the move anymore, but he does this, right? Yeah. But he, when he first came out, he did it at an angle that was just, yes. it was just so, fuck you. Yeah. Arrogant. It was, yeah. And, then and, he, and that changed, but it was just an angle thing. Yep. The nose like, up, because yeah, it, yeah. it really was. Yeah. The yeah. lighting and everything, and, all of it. And there you go with influences again, because I'm always taking arrogant poses. It fits Mr. Mm-hmm. Man, right? And there's this one that's my actual Facebook, uh, whatever, but it's where I've got the hat up like this, and there's just light up. Light like coming down. Yeah, it's like, and I want to use that on my video eulogy, because I think it's like, hey, Dad, that's a pretty cool <laughs> shit. Yeah, there yeah. Come, God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but a lot of my... Most times I'm self-critical. Mm-hmm. I could have done more. I I didn't do that big enough. Um, but then I see the still shots that these photographers. Thank you all of you, including the uh, professionals and the amateurs, because otherwise they're lost memories. Um, and I'm like, I'm seeing the the facial expression or the pose. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Right that was good enough. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, wrestling-wise, I guess, I mean, is there are there any stories you want to kind of throw out there wrestling-wise? Like things you've done, things you want to do? Or have you kind of, not peaked, but you're content at the level you're at right now? If I were in other circumstances, would I have been knocking on the door of the E to do house shows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. But that I would love one time to say, yeah, we want you to be the old man behind the barricade who pisses off a wrestler and you take a pot shot. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to yeah, say yeah. I Just did. Did Right, yeah, yeah. right. right. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be very cool. And I understand they're coming up here for a... Uh, they're about once fall show. Yeah. Um, June 8th? The same Smackdown. night they're doing the Raw. Yeah. Yeah. They film it on a Monday night, which is ridiculous. No wonder they're not getting house numbers. Right. They're home watching the biggest show. The bigger show, yeah. Right. And I know they used to they used to film on Tuesdays to run on Fridays. Now they're filming on Mondays to run on Tuesdays. E making bad decisions. <laughs> Hypothetical. Yeah, it, where where that blame lies, I'm not really even sure. Because 
I've always watched WWE when I can. Yeah. It's in, graded in my blood. That's I'm a wrestling fan forever. But definitely I'm a, I'm a hardcore wrestling fan to where I just don't go with what you're telling me to go with. I'm going to critique it but not be one of those internet. See now, <coughs> when, again, I haven't seen much of it, but I, I tune in New Japan. I was like, you yeah. know, that's good stuff. Yeah, the G1 event at Madison Square Garden was that. amazing. So then there's definitely some good wrestling out there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a yeah. great time to be a fan. I mean, you can turn yes. on any streaming yes. service. They've got wrestling. Pretty much most of the TV stations carry some form of indie wrestling or something like that. You know, it's, it's <coughs> and I love the, what is that one's, um, butthurt. Oh, the trash, trash, trash baggers, yeah. <laughs> you guys shared oh the videos all the God, time and yeah. I always watch them. The guy it's... that just jumped into the barbed wire. And But I realized, oh I thought God. at first he's really stupid, but then he does a series of them. Yeah, right. right. No, 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 fuck this shit. So he's really stupid. He's selling t-shirts now. And there's the people that are going to buy it. And then it. we're sharing it thinking he's an idiot, but we're sharing it. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Um, so, brilliance, but he's going to hurt himself. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and that to me, that kills me as a wrestling <coughs> fan Excuse because, me. and I say this loosely, I've backyard wrestled, but never to, like, razor wire fluorescent tubes. It was always we with a chair shot, like we sure. goofed. So. Yeah. When I say a backyard wrestle, I mean it like, oh, we just goofed off. And then you see people like that that give it that shitty name. What do they call these? Death matches? Is what yeah, right? yeah, I think so. I think they're the stupidest things going, and yep. I'll tell you why. First of all, fluorescent bulbs will mm-hmm. cut you, and they have magnesium in them, which is poison dumbasses. Right. The high-risk moves... Listen, I've done some high-risk, for my age and my skill levels... Some really stupid shit that right. I shouldn't be doing. Um, and I, I fully intend to do some more. Uh, <laughs> they don't even have a career yet. They're not like, hey, if something happens tomorrow, I've got all those royalties coming in. Right. Yep. No, you got to go to your 9 to 5 job, bloodied, battered, beaten, or not even able to do anything anymore. Yep. For what? The entertainment of YouTube? Are you stupid? Yeah. Stupid. Stupid. A little period again. Oh, no, exclamation. Oh, I'm sorry. It looks a lot like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you have it. Um, I really... Yeah. I've kind of touched on all bases for what I thought for our very first interview should be. I've never done one of these except for... When I was like in second grade, I interviewed my grandfather because he was like my hero, and that was a report. Right. And even at that point, it was like, uh, "What are we having for dinner tonight?" You know, questions uh, right, like right, that. Right, right. I don't know. So, you've probably been interviewed a million times or close to. No. Okay. Well, uh, I think as podcasts go, this would be number two. Okay. Oh, all right. Cool. Well, we'll kind of wrap it up if you're done. We're good. Are you yeah. pretty much done? Yeah. How do you think we did? Well, give us I, a rating right now. Listen. What we what we had here was an honest, non-scripted, except for maybe notes, Questions, we, right? points we yeah. wanted to cover. I had ideas I wanted to put into it. Uh, conversation. Yes. I think this is the same conversation we'd have been if if this camera wasn't here. Right. We'd have been saying the same things. Exactly. We'd have inquiring about me. I'd be giving you answers on all my stories. Perfect. Uh, I, I, it was relaxing. It was easy. It was fun. Cool. Nice job, guys. And that's what we want here because if if down the road you want to do another one, if something's coming, you know, we're obviously more than willing to 
to do this. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're gonna I'm gonna try to wiggle ourselves in here, but if you know anybody that you work with that are interested in trying to put their name out there just for their own sake of getting recognized, we're a platform. Well, I have a wonderful idea. Our, we'll, we'll I have it. something in the works that is going to shake up um, perhaps World of Hurt, perhaps Immortal. Uh, it's secret at this point, but it's a, a, a an up-and-coming talent and I think he's going to be even more obnoxious than I am. Oh, and I'll, and I'll be working with him, and I'm sure he'll take advantage of any of the publicity you two have yeah. to offer. Hey, Definitely. we're we're not just trying to get ourselves over. We we want to help the world that we love, and that's the entertainment. We, we, we talked. To, I talked to Christina Marie about doing an interview as well. So she'd be great to. Have. She she said, "Have you had a female yet?" I said, "Nope." She said, "Well, I want to be the first one." So. Wow, I got to tell you about her. Yeah, yeah. Um. Up at World of Hurt, she was, I think, her second time involved in anything in ring. That's where I first saw her. Was okay, did you see Hurt. the arm wrestling event? I, I, I was there for that. Yeah, I was there. there. That's where I saw okay, her. Okay, so here's the story behind that. Uh, I had Ed Briggs and his wife, real arm wrestling people. They bring mm -hmm. the table. To, um, and then Christina Marie's going to go against the wife. And then the wife has her husband as her coach. And mm -hmm. then I'm Christina's. And then uh, the rabid dog, or Whippleman, whatever you want to call that referee. I right, okay, yeah, yeah. Name, Greg Ravenaugh, but I call him the rabid dog. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, the, the whole concept is here. There's going to be a legit battle going on, but I'm going to distract him, and I'm going to push... Pushing him down. Christina Marie's, right? So we got the... Right, so, yay! Her main instruction was the following. We really just need to communicate, you to communicate to the crowd that you don't need Mr. Man's help to win. Mm -hmm. So I do this, and she gets this like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but it, sh it, it showed. Yeah. It showed. It was a beautiful thing. Um, so I was like impressed day one. So then um, I go to cheat again. Briggs pushes me off. I take a bump. And then afterwards, I'm yelling at her. She's yelling at me, and she slaps me. Boom. So I, ah, I turn around. And Briggs picks me up, he body slams me in the middle of the ring. And he goes, you go on, you want it. She gets up on the second row, not the top row, second row. I'm middle of the ring. Mm -hmm. And she moonsaults almost beyond me, right? Her, her, her belly, you know, she's basically hitting me with her chest when it should have been belly. So she's got the skill to launch, to launch that herself. far. And I was just like, wow. First time out, so mm -hmm. far as I know, my first experience with her. And I was like... When her birthdays would roll around, personal message, happy birthday, champ. She goes, well, I hope so, someday. She's gotten quite a few of them since. Right. Yep. She's, yeah, she's skilled. She is. She's really, really good. I mean, like I said, that was the first time I'd seen her, and I've only seen her at shows I've been to. I was totally surprised that she lost at the last one. Um, to Chris Rivera. Yeah, I was like, I don't, well, we know who's going to win this one. Of course, you know, she's the hometown honey. And then she lost. I was like, what? Like, what the fuck just happened? I can't believe she just lost. Like, the crowd is not happy with this at all. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, she is, she's definitely she's good. Very talented. Yeah. And then there was, uh, there was, it was kind of fun because I was going against Johnny uh, Moran and mm -hmm. their love interest. And uh, so I'm out there on the stick bad-mouthing him. 
But then I was like, you know, he's so stupid because he has Christina Maria as his love interest. That, what a, she's a pig. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, we were at that Yeah, we she's were. A, she's <laughs> like afterward, I heard that she was in the back. She, did he just call me a pig? <laughs> <laughs> we were at that. Yep. Too fun. Yeah, because that was, that was a great show. I mean, the, it was the one before that where... Anderson is like, oh, you're dressed in that American shirt, wearing that Patriot mask, but we all know you're a greasy faced Chinaman under yeah. there. So, right, right. Oh, my like, that's a you, Patriot. You could yeah. never say that on TV. Like, that is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get away with it in a small room. Oh, moment. my God. That, yes. that, that, in a lot, you can get away with it. That made me it. so happy to hear somebody oh, say that. I'm happy about this, maybe. My, uh, the, the return of my special umbrella. It's coming back. Oh, there you go. I don't know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. 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 It's coming back. Well, I wanted to ask you this a long time ago, but I didn't really know you, and I didn't know how to approach you. At a World of Hurt show... Gingerly, dick fuck. <laughs> With respect. No, what? what? <laughs> uh, nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Come out of here. Exit stage left. This was fun. I'll see you guys never again. Um, there was a random ninja at a wrestling show, and it just it came out of nowhere, and it beat the shit out of you, and then it was like... I, I, that would, that would have been Whitehall. Yep, yep. yep. That was Sal Gret, I can't say his last name, Sal, he moved out of the area, but he, he uh, was the Ninja Warrior. That was so just he, a one and done thing, a random ninja was, like that? No, it wasn't. No? Um, it wasn't supposed to be. Um, didn't fit in the storylines right. anywhere, and then he ended up moving away. But yeah, he's a good friend of mine. And, okay. Uh, but I remember it was, I think, a rumble or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't either. No? I, it was, I think, like a that. tag team, and I was causing shit. So he comes out and just turns to me and does his... Yeah, we were shit. right there. And I like, was like, off? I'm out of here, and he yep. chased me out. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things in wrestling. It's like, I wonder why that all just happened the way that did. And then nothing came of it. Yeah, right. right. And that's the, the love of wrestling. So many endless storylines with absolutely no points. Yes. Lots of um, I've, I've got to give uh, both uh, Shane Alden and, and, and Mike King great credit. Yeah. Um, because these stories are building. It's not like a one and a one night match. Right. It, right. right. And that's a lot of things I don't think indie shows really. I mean, the. I don't want to say the good indie shows, but the ones that are really out there, they do have that story based telling, and it's not just. This match was thrown together tonight because that's all we had. Like the the Sergeant Fury and Eric Alden, right? Fury, that, that that's been built really well, I think. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Did you see the latest uh, locker room interaction Fury and I had? No, I, I've seen the video. Yeah, uh, we're um, yeah, yeah. That got yeah. heated, and that's all about that Shane Eric thing. Uh, so that's that's going down pretty soon, and. Uh, so Fury and I are, though I still represent them, still work with them. We're, or just some, the it's, uh, combustible elements. It's, yeah, there's a little nitro in there somewhere. So mm. Anyway. Well, I uh, last time at, during our podcast, I before we end it, I had a message from my, my buddy Greg that I used to go to high school with, and he, he gave a pretty nice little message for both of us, and I wanted to... Give him a shout-out for one, because I know I'm going to give a buddy of mine a shout-out every time. Mike Ballard, uh, Marcadius, Greg, my mom, my dog, my daughter. Oh, my God. My high school principal. 
anybody that's you listening. You want to thank the Walmart clerk that rang you out the other day? Or no, but the guy that pushes the carts, thank you. I go to the self-checkout, so thank me. <laughs> no, no, I want my 1099. If I'm <laughs> uh, this was just a message my buddy sent me. And he's very hard. Like, he's a very, not much impresses him. Okay. So this was a nice message. And he goes, hey, man, maybe it's been too long. Maybe my ears suck. Your podcast you've highlighted on your page that had pics of you. I never thought you were actually hosting it until I heard a few context clues slash references. You guys have a good back and forth and it's entertaining slash great hearing you, buddy. You guys have a good knack for this. Record Scratch Rewind. Your podcast is very listenable and entertaining and I still can't believe it's you. No offense. Your back and forth is seamless and I still can't believe it's you, boyo. And... I just thought that was a genuinely yes. yes to somebody I went to high school with one of my best friends over a decade ago. I genuinely thank you, Greg, and Mittens, his cat. I don't know if the cat's passed I, on. I haven't gotten a single oh, bad you. comment about our show yet. No, it really hasn't. Well, sometimes this one hasn't aired yet. Right. <laughs> well, it was fun while it lasted. Right. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for coming to my house. I do appreciate it. Yes, I invited him. It wasn't my wife putting me on the spot. Uh, and I enjoyed it very, very much. And so let's do we. this again. We I enjoyed it as well. Thank, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. All right. And the Comic Wrestling Podcast with Ace Williams and Deadly Dave and, and our, Mr. Man. Our special guest, Mr. Man. <laughs>